This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. All right, here we go. Another week, another fun time talking about soccer and other things. Um, my name is Kyle Mankey. His name is Larry Leathers. This is Texas Soccer Radio, um, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and the Beautiful Game Network. So thank you to those guys for uh, helping us do what we do. So please give them your support if you don't already. I'm sure you probably do, though. They're they're pretty dope company. Uh, Larry, how you doing tonight, man? Watching some Spurs basketball or just kind of chilling? Just chilling, man. And I, I'm, I'm curious. Do you think it's going to be fun tonight? I mean, this we actually took days <laughs> off of social media this week because of how crazy soccer Twitter was going. I, uh, yeah, woof. <laughs> <laughs> like not just one of us, both of us were like, yeah, we're out tapping out here. We're going to go take a few, go dark for a few days. You know. <laughs> One of the things I love most about soccer fandom um, is how much people care and people care a lot. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> after a couple of days of not being on social media too much and, uh, you know, kind of evaluating myself, I care too much, <laughs> even, <laughs> even though I try to be uh, unbiased and, uh, you know, approach it from a journalistic type of view uh, I'm still a fan of SAFC, and, and so, yeah, I care too much, too. And that got out this week a little bit on the Twitters. So, yeah, a couple of days off, I think, did everybody a little good, right? Yeah, probably. I, I I enjoyed it a little bit, not paying so much attention. Although there were a few times I really wanted to rear my head back into things, I did not. <laughs> I chose to step back. I was still on Twitter. I just stayed away from soccer Twitter as much as possible. I know some people were asking questions directly to me and I tried to answer those because I want to be helpful and I appreciate it, but I tried to not interject myself into too many conversations that I didn't need to be a part of. (laughs) Oh man, what a week. What a freaking week, right? Um, Got some free tail beer here. So that's nice. That's always a good thing. (laughs) I'm going to stick to, I'm going to be boring and stick to water tonight because I went a little too hard last night. That doesn't sound like us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, on uh, on that same note, if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, it comes out April 20th, a little 420. So later we will be talking about our favorite soccer team that is uh, sponsored by a marijuana dispensary in celebration of 420 there. (laughs) Um, And we'll talk about the Austin soccer news. There's actually a good chunk of it this week. Um, So we uh, have some USL in Austin news. We have some MLS in Austin news. uh, And we'll talk about all of that before we get there, though. Let's start out with San Antonio FC. Um, Aaron Ramon on Periscope says, everyone needs to relax. Agreed. In all caps. And I think that's a great way to start it. Um, obviously, in case you were under a rock this week, San Antonio FC uh, fell 0-3 to three at home against Orange County SC. Um, 
brutal scoreline. I don't think it was as bad as the scoreline makes it seem, though. Is that fair? That's totally fair because I'm right there with you. <laughs> it, it, it's it's not as bad as people think. I mean, a lot of a couple of those goals were, especially the last one, were a product of what we were trying to produce on the field and trying to get goals to catch back up, and things just didn't go our way. <laughs> yeah, I. I know the it was the last goal right in the 86th minute yeah. that um, got by Diego because he was way far off the line. At that point, my whole thing uh, – hey, Harry, see you on Periscope. At that point, my whole thing was, uh, you know, uh, there's no difference between losing by two goals and losing by three goals. So right. throw everything forward. I, I don't criticize that goal at all um the other two goals came in the 48th minute from koji hashimoto and in the 83rd minute from i haven't looked but this guy has to be near the top of the usl scoring uh thomas and nevelson um then going in in the 83rd minute past a defender who is helping diego um on a post uh, and <sighs> frustrating goals <laughs> they yeah. were they were both really good goals, and um, Orange County is much better this year than what we've seen in the past. So I'm not sure where to start on this, honestly, Larry. Is there anywhere in particular that you want to start discussing this game? Let's 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 roll with the first half here, because the yeah. first half looked like great soccer. I mean, we it truly did. That first 45 looked strong. Things didn't go our way when we were taking shots, you know, we were playing against Andre Rawls, and God, he. Man. For those of you that don't know, he is a third stringer from NYCFC. Funny enough, and he's a great goalie. We were playing against an MLS caliber goalie this week, this past week, and he did a hell of a job. And the crossbar did a hell of a job too in this game. And between the two of them, it was tough. It was really, really tough. But I think the first forty-five minutes were probably the best all-around soccer that we've put together on the field this entire season so far. And that gives me hope. That truly gives me hope. Yeah. Um, Harry on Periscope said Rawls was the difference in the game, and I, I fully yeah. agree with that. Um, Aaron had a comment a second ago that I saw that I agreed with too, but I can't remember what it was now. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that first 45 minutes was, um, like you said, the, the best that – SAFC has played this year, in my opinion. Um, I think the lineup was kind of interesting, too, because it seemed like they tried something a little bit different. Um, Mikey Lopez was on the bench until the yep. 64th minute. Rafa got the start. And really, the official lineup has it listed as a 4-4-1-1 with uh, Sonny as kind of the false nine, uh, with Ever being the true striker. And really... Looking at the average positioning, um, it, it's hard to tell because it factors in defense too, but it feels like from the eye test and from the optostats, it feels like it ended up as more of a 4-4-2, which was something that we hadn't seen before. And, and it was working pretty well yeah. in that first half. Um, I've got, let's see, yeah, 10 shots for, or, sorry, 19 shots for San Antonio FC total. Um, with eight shots on target and zero goals to show from it. So at the end of the day, that's just Andre Rawls having a MLS team of the week caliber um, match. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's he's going to be on there or he was on there. 
Right? Well, let's talk about that four four two. I mean, like it's it's interesting, and it may actually fit what we're doing as a team better now because it seems like we've transitioned from being a counteract counterattack team to really trying to push the pace for most of the game. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a departure. And I know there's been a lot of you know we, we're we're going to get there with Twitter panic and things like that about the team. But if we're completely changing how we're running our offense there's going to be a lot of growing pains and it's going to take time to come together because we're simply not running the same team the same way like we did last year. It's not the same team. We've got new players, new faces, but beyond that, we're running a new setup. We're, we're trying to go at this from a whole different direction than we have in the past. We're not a defensive Absolutely. strong team anymore. Not to say we don't have good defensive players because we do, but really we're pushing the pace of these games now and it's, it's going to take time to develop. Absolutely. And I think the second half of the season, you're going to see uh, a lot more cohesion in the SAFC squad and a lot more goals scored, honestly. Um, that was a really good call out on Twitter. <clears throat> I can't remember who asked it now. I'm sorry. But um, someone asked about how SAFC was counterattacking this year and compared to last year. And it kind of dawned on me like, wait, they're not really doing that. Anytime. Right they get the ball, it's going back to Restrepo or one of the center backs almost every single time. It's extremely rare that they are just pushing the ball with whoever has it. Um, these possessions are much more uh, deliberate, and it, it's going to take time to figure that out. But I think if you're an SAFC fan, you have to be excited about that because you're relying a lot less on kind of luck of the draw and catching the opponent off guard and all that kind of stuff and more on the development of your attack. And to me, that seems better, even if you end up with goal uh, with games like this where uh, you're held goalless. And just to correct myself earlier, Andre Rawls was the goalkeeper of the week, team of the week goalkeeper. He got my vote for player of the week after that performance, <laughs> but uh, he didn't get the win there. So what are you going to do? I mean, he deserves goalie of the week at least. That, oh, that yeah. was one hell of a performance he put on here in San Antonio. Nuts, man. It's nuts. And the funny thing is, like, San Antonio, you have to assume they would have had him had SAFC not had Restrepo and Cardone and such a strong goalkeeping roster already. Right. Um, so a little frustrating there, I'm sure. But uh, it's just three points. It's early in the season. Um, the second half, I haven't gotten a chance to go back and rewatch exactly where the breakdowns were but it, it was rough and it did not play out anywhere close to that first half right it, i mean it looked like a totally different team out there they're i don't know i feel like it was a communication issue beyond anything and we weren't pushing quite as hard as we were in the first half and i don't know if that's a something because of them getting tired or you know a factor of something like that um but yeah things fell apart pretty quickly especially after the hashimoto free kick which was a beautiful free kick and you know it looked an awful lot from the beginning that Restrepo didn't really try to get it but it looks like he was almost past it and it came in behind him yeah like maybe he jumped a little early and if he had just waited a second longer he would have been right there on it so frustrating like those Orange County just you know they played well and they also had you know they caught some good breaks. I don't yeah. want to call it luck, but um, sometimes it bounces in your favor. And I feel like that's what happened on Saturday night for Orange County. Uh, it's 
it's yeah after that though like really the other two goals it's hard to criticize the Envelton goal the second one yeah it was a lucky deflection in the box that got it in the net and I mean Restrepo made a save to start that one that whole thing off too so I, I don't I don't know and the third one yeah Restrepo challenged I mean I can't fault him for that what's he's either going to do one of two things he's going to either challenge the guy try to make a play or he's going to try to back up which he was going to get beat if he had tried to back up and get in the goal. He was too yeah. far out. But that's yeah. his aggressive play style. So I can't fault him for making the challenge. We were throwing everything forward at the time. I don't see a problem with what he did. I know a lot of people did, though. So for Fresno coming up, you still have Diego in goal. You're not on the Cardoni bandwagon. Uh, nope. I think uh, we're going to still see Restrepo on goal. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon unless... Restrepo starts making some really, really bad decisions. And as much as some people want Cardoni and Gold, Restrepo's just not making those bad decisions. Yes, he's got an aggressive play style. And it's funny, I was actually talking about this with my wife while we were sitting in the stands watching the game. Yeah. And I was telling her, like, she was bring she was a little concerned about Restrepo and how he was playing that night. And I told her, like, Powell knows this is how he does things. Like right. Powell is making the decision that Restrepo is the best thing for our team based on how he plays week to week. And we all know by now that as much as some of us don't like it, Restrepo is very aggressive. Powell knows it. We know it. It just comes with the territory. Every now and then something's going to happen. And yeah. That's that's just the way it is. I mean, I think that plays to SAFC's strengths, though. Like, on the defending side, Cardoni and Restrepo are probably pretty close when it comes to stopping goals. Um, But on the other side, like if every ball is getting passed back to the goalkeeper, the center backs, you want to have the keeper that is more proficient with his footwork than, uh, you know, I think that's Restrepo from what we've seen. Uh, Cardoni is a hell of a goalkeeper and and would probably be starting on a lot of other teams. Um, But I think until Diego messes up something, terrible um or you know picks up an injury or something i think he's the guy and i don't see any reason why he wouldn't be um you know goalkeepers get scored on it happens um so here we go it is what it is at this point um so um anything else you want to talk about with orange county with that game please stop panicking people it's okay. It's early. We got a long season ahead of us. Please stop panicking. That's all I want to say. <laughs> um, sorry, I just got a really strange message. Um, you want to talk about ESPN Plus while I read this real quick? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. ESPN Plus, um, for those of you that have that don't know what's going on with that, um, all of the USL games for the rest of the season now are on ESPN Plus. There is a free 30-day trial. However, today, tonight, I don't know what time, um, the cutoff is tonight for signing up for this free trial for 30 days. So if you're interested in being able to watch USL games uh, online free for 30 days, Tonight is your last night to take advantage of that before it goes to $5 a month. Um, The other big thing is they did clarify and there is starting this weekend, there will be uh, Roku support. So for those of you that were concerned about being able to watch games on your Roku, myself included, because that's how what I've got downstairs on my my big screen downstairs. um, 
they do have an app that supports that now. So you guys can take advantage of that and be able to watch your games. Awesome. Yeah, and um, I know Todd on Twitter was saying that the Roku app wasn't working very well for him. So hopefully that's just a bug that'll get fixed. But it seems like everybody else is having a good good experience with it as far as getting to work. Sorry for having to read a message. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, all good. Um, I haven't so, fiddled with the app yet, so we'll see this weekend with uh, the upcoming Fresno game. So That'll be my first time using it. I had to leave the SAFC game uh, just before halftime um, for some family stuff, which everything's fine, but I uh, had to watch the last half um, on my way home and then at home. And I'm not saying that I had my phone up by the speedometer and ESPN Plus streaming but if I was, I would say that it looked great. And um, uh, I've used it a couple other times for a couple other sporting events and just kind of played with it. And I know I hated on it a lot at first. I love ESPN Plus right now. It sucks that you have to pay for it if all you wanted to see was USL. Um, but I was excited for it because of the MLS, uh, the replacement of MLS Live and of course USL, but then also in the fall college football, um, there's baseball and hockey right now and all sorts of stuff on it. So for me as a guy who likes a ton of sports, it's amazing and I'm super right. thrilled with it. Um, only complaint is that USL is not super visible right now, um, but we do have word from uh, the league that they are working with ESPN on that. Um, it's just rolling out such a big app change. It's going to take some time to, to get stuff like that. But it's awesome. And uh, the SAFC fan base will get their first full go of it this Sunday when SAFC takes on Fresno, in Fresno. I think my – what was I going to say? Now, now I blanked. That's it. <laughs> Carry on. Don't worry about me. All right. Well, it's been a good show. We will see you next week. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. And it sucks it people have to pay for it um but you know any premium sport league sports league you're gonna have to pay for something like this so. that you got me back on track for those of you that are complaining about five dollars a month just don't buy buy one less beer at the stadium and if you're not going to games five dollars a month is still cheaper than the potential for four tickets you'd have to pay to go see the game on a uh you know for a full month anyways so i mean yeah. it's not it's i know it's another thing to pay for but it's not that much in the big scheme of things. Yeah. It's, and there's no commitment. So like you could try it out for a month and if you don't like it and whatever, or, you know, like this, this little stretch here where SFC is going to be on the road for a little bit, you know, use it then and then cancel it. And yeah. I don't know. I don't want to tell you how to spend your money, but um, it, it's been worth it for me so far. So there's my corporate shilling for the week. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> I <laughs> fuck ESPN. Now it's it's a cool app. I like it a lot. Yay ESPN. Um. So Did we have any Twitter questions this week? I think so. Sorry, I'm totally totally off off track now. Pulling them up right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good man it's all good um this is where i wish we had like some hit buttons where i could just play music <laughs> um so maximiliano says do you feel there's a difference losing 2-0 or 7-0 i understand pushing for a goal opens you up defensively but i'm not sure other people understand um 
yeah, I, I kind of mentioned that earlier too. Um, sorry, I should have called out your tweet when I said that, but um, you know, if you're going to lose, lose trying to score, don't yeah. lose trying not to give up any more goals, trying to preserve your score line. So, you know, in the weird circumstance that at the end of the season, SAFC is tied and wins with the team and it goes down to goal differential and it's a one goal difference then I'll be a little disappointed. But um, yeah, other than that, it really, really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. Um, Let's see. (laughs) Half of the other ones are Harry sending gifts about being excited to perfect. Listen to this week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for sending those in. Really do appreciate it. And thanks for, those of you hanging out on Periscope, we do it every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Central at TX Soccer Radio. If you're not following us on Twitter, please do so at TX Soccer Radio. Pretty soon we're going to stop retweeting stuff from 210 Soccer because um, that's not really what that accounts for. So anyway, um, SAFC plays in Fresno this Sunday at 8 p.m. Central. Um how excited are you for this facing a new team? I think it's going to be mighty interesting, especially after at least partially watching the Fresno and Tulsa game from this last week. Yeah, buddy. Jesus, that was a, what I saw of it was a hell of a game. And it's, it's tough going into a weekend where we've got all these games coming up across the league and the goal of the week is already decided. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> So for those of you who didn't watch it, um, Fresno played Tulsa in Fresno on Wednesday and Rivero, I think the, the name of the goal scorer was Pedro Rivero for Fresno put in just the best goal that I've seen all year. (laughs) Like it was probably 20 or 30 yards out and he just buried it perfectly in the top right corner. Um, nothing anyone could do, but just watch that go in and, you know, it wasn't Zlatan running down the field and all that, but uh, it was a dang good goal. And hopefully we don't see a repeat of that on Sunday for SAFC fans. I sure hope not. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't really know what to expect out of Fresno. I haven't watched really any of their games. So other than catching highlights from this last one on uh, ESPN Plus, I, I don't know too much about what they've got going on. Yeah, it seems like they um, are are a very attack-heavy squad. I I haven't watched every one of their games by any means, but, um, you know, they're an expansion team. They're currently eighth on the table, um, playing six games with a plus-one goal differential. So for an expansion squad at this point in the season, that's pretty solid. It's a pretty solid start to their first season. I don't want to like make fun of a fan base by any means, but I don't think that um, the fan atmosphere is going to be a huge deal in Fresno. I know they have a supporters group that is very active, but other than that, it was a fairly sparsely populated baseball stadium. It looked like so, um, you know, hopefully it's that way on Sunday too. I guess a Wednesday game probably isn't the best metric for that um best measurement for that but yeah looking at their other matches um they fell to las vegas two to three drew one one with los dos one zero to seattle two zero to okc 
and then 1-1 with uh, St. Louis and 2-2 with Tulsa. So no like six or seven goal games in here. I think they're going to match up fairly well from what I've seen and what I've read. I'll have more in our preview on 210soccer.com, but yeah, should be fun. We'll see. <laughs> um, do you have a score prediction that you're ready to throw out there? Or are you going to hold it for Sunday? I'm going to hold it for Sunday for right now and do a little bit more digging on Fresno on Saturday when I'm not working. And um, I'll put it on Twitter then. And you'll have, I mean, it'll be in the 210 soccer wrap up as well. So yeah, I'll save it for then. I'm looking at the table right now, the Western conference table and Fresno is right above Las Vegas. And I was debating on making a joke about Fresno being higher than Las Vegas higher than yeah is, is anybody fun. higher than las vegas now not anymore <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later that'll be fun so um yeah san antonio plays in fresno we'll see what happens um i'm excited and we'll have a preview up sunday morning on 210soccer.com with our score predictions and all that good stuff so shifting gears a little bit austin texas had some soccer news um the one directly related to Austin is that USL Austin is still on track and USL Austin is still happening as of uh, April 19th, 2018. So Kevin Lytle from the Austin American Statesman and Chris Billis put out something too on Twitter um, about uh, the USL team that is coming to Austin from the owners of the Aztecs. Um, it will have a different branding, different colors, it sounds like, different team name, it sounds like. Nothing has been decided, according to Kevin Lytle on Twitter. Um, and they're going to be playing at Circuit of the Americas. Yep. And one of the cool things is that since they already have the land and USL has so many different partnerships with stadiums and, and everything that you need to pop a stadium up overnight, um, they... I think, you know, I'm not an architect, but I think they could feasibly build a 5,000 seat stadium in a month or two. <laughs> like, it, it's not something to where they had to start construction six months ago to be ready for 2019. So um, what, what are your thoughts on USL Austin right now? I mean, I'm excited to have a rivalry right up the road. Those are games that I can certainly get behind going up for um, when SAFC is playing them. I you know, you talk about the stadium and putting a 5,000 seat stadium. I'm still a little concerned as to how they're going to pull that off. I don't know how many times you've been out to Coda. I've been out more than a few times for concerts and F1 racing and things like that. I saw some more pictures today from Kevin Lytle, yeah. um, who's out there not just covering USL soccer, but also covering MotoGP that's happening out there this weekend um, of the area where they're putting the, the field. And it's I don't know. It's tight. It's a tight little spot where they're putting it in there. Um, it's right behind the Austin 360 amphitheater and will literally butt right up to the back of it. There's maybe, I don't know, 50, 75 feet in between the back of the lawn section, the concrete barrier at the back of the lawn section on, on uh, Austin 360 to yeah. where the, the field is. So it's not a whole lot of room on that side. There's not a whole lot of room all the way around it, to be honest. So it's going to be interesting to see how they shoehorn it in there or if they even have some sort of collapsible stand system that actually comes down during other events and isn't there when they've got MotoGP or F1 racing, um, things like that happening because it's, I don't know, the space constraints and where it's at is rough. 
And it's also a spot that gets really muddy when it's wet out. I mean, the thing about it, though, is it's not like they have to build parking or an infrastructure or, or anything like that. It literally just has to be like the field and some stands. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if you know this. I am pretty unfamiliar with Circuit of the Americas, honestly. But is it set up to where they could like partner off of the tracks like restrooms and concessions and stuff to where like all they would have to build is some bleachers or do you oh absolutely they 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 are the location where it's at is directly parallel to it's right behind the amphitheater and directly parallel to where they have all of the concession stands um all the bathrooms and things like that obviously when they have big race race weekends they bring in you know portable units as well um, but it's definitely set up in a way that they can piggyback off of all the stuff they have already in place for, uh, the track and for the amphitheater concessions wise ticket, you know, gates, gate wise, everything like that. So, um, that's not really a concern. It's just getting yeah. the stands in the right places and everything they else else they need for, you know, broadcasting and stuff like that. It's going to be tough to put an actual broadcast booth in that section. So it's going to be interesting to see how they shoehorn it all into that one location i'm excited though man like looking at some of the pictures that chris and um kevin posted today i think it could be really cool depending on the angle of the stadium to have like the track in the background <laughs> and like it looked like maybe not the track but like the tower of the stands i don't know it, it seemed like a really unique thing that uh could be kind of cool if it's pulled off the right way but well, the way it's set up now, um, at one end of the stadium, you'll have track. So the track will be off to one one, uh, one goal. Um, on the other side of the goal is the concessions area. Um, and then on one side of the field, I would assume it's probably going to be the side that you're, you're looking at um, when you've got a TV broadcast going on. Um, that will butt up to the amphitheater. So the big tower will be right in the background. See, um, and then cool and unique. the other side of the field is the backside of it goes towards the gates and the parking lot. Gotcha. Well, I'm excited for that to still be on track. Um, I don't know how permanent it'll be. I, I don't know. I'd like to get in contact with um, Epstein and the USL group and ask them some questions about it because you know, if MLS comes, when MLS comes, it really throws a wrench into everything that they're doing there unless they become an MLS two team, which, you know, who knows, but, um, I, I hope, I think it would be awesome if San Antonio and Austin had teams in the same league, whether that be MLS yeah. or USL, that rivalry has to happen. Like it, being in the Western conference, you can't drive to any other game uh, in a reasonable amount of time. Um, other than maybe RGV, but, to have Austin, you know, an hour away from Toyota Field, that would be pretty cool. And I hope there's a way to preserve that long term. Absolutely. I mean, the rivalry needs to happen and it will happen. I mean, even if it's just for a handful of seasons with USL before they potentially move somewhere else, depending yeah. on what happens. Columbus. Yep. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I, I say that snarkily, but it, it's possible that Epstein takes his USL franchise to Columbus. Um, or, or USL finds another owner, maybe the local ownership that's trying to buy the crew currently. Maybe they start up a USL team in Columbus and they can have that for their vibrant soccer community. Um, but 
Transitioning a little bit into that news, officially, Josh on Periscope says, Queso Bowl. Yeah, Queso Bowl needs to come back. I know, I think they had it between the Athenians and Austin Elite, if I'm not mistaken, last year. I don't know. Mm. But we need like a pro level, uh, you know, fully professional Queso Bowl going, <laughs> men's or women's. Give them both w- uh, NWSL teams. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd work. Um, anyway, MLS and pre-court sports ventures filed a motion to dismiss the Columbus lawsuit late Thursday evening. Um, this was fairly expected. If you follow any of this on Twitter or on social media, um, some of the interesting little tidbits of it though, uh, were that MLS is claiming that PSV, uh, is not part of this and that only MLS can be indicted as in violation of the art model law, which they are arguing is unconstitutional and a lot of other things. Um, but it's interesting to see MLS kind of trying to get PSV out of the negative light almost. And the double edge on this is Cincinnati seems to really want MLS too. And if the state of Ohio is suing MLS, what are the chances they're going to go to Cincinnati? We've talked about it before. I mean, it could throw a wrench in that plan, especially if they're tied up in litigation for years, even though it seems like we're getting closer to a Cincinnati announcement, it still hasn't happened yet. So they could always backtrack at any point and just say, screw it. And, restart up the expansion fight again i don't think it will happen until the columbus stuff is settled because if the state of ohio sues the league why would the league go back to that state with a new team um so fc cincinnati getting announced in 2021 yeah pretty much <laughs> at this rate fc northern kentucky maybe we'll see um so i'm reading through because this is all still developing as we're recording here at 9 30 on thursday night um as far as i can tell mickey turner who is one of my favorite twitter follows um at turner esq i believe yeah at yeah. turner esq he's a lawyer out of seattle and he covers soccer a lot um and one of the interesting things that he pointed out uh is that he said that he can confirm that neither the city nor the state who are the plaintiffs have received a brief yet from MLS or uh, PSV. Uh, and he says, you can imagine what the reaction is to the Austin American Statesman story, which cites specific parts of the brief that hasn't been given to the plaintiffs. Um, man, what, did, I, what did he post? The, the soccer petty scale <laughs> earlier yeah. today, right? The pettiness scale. I just... I'm excited for MLS in Central Texas, uh, be it Austin or San Antonio or whatever. I'm going to cover that team, but come on, guys. Like, stop doing stuff that's like just so easy to hate on. <laughs> like, why would you give the brief to the city of like the city that you're looking to move to before you give it to the plaintiffs? That's it's petty. Petty AF, I think, is what I tweeted you earlier. <laughs> We're at maximum pettiness level at this point. Um, so, so that's where we are. Again, this is Thursday night, so 
Um, we haven't had a chance to really get a lot of educated reaction to it um, other than what the statesman is reporting, which is educated, of course. But when I say that, I mean um, like Mickey Turner and some of the other lawyers that are um, kind of outside of the situation, outside of Columbus and of Austin. So um, I'm interested to see where all this is going. But we've said the whole time that it seems like this lawsuit is not going to do anything, right? Are, are we on the same page on them? I, I don't know. I, it's so complicated. And since they've never applied this law to anything else before, it's hard to say which way it's going to go. I'm I'm just kind of waiting at this point to see what happens. Because every day seems to be different. I mean, by the time we wake up tomorrow morning, the Miami MLS bid will probably be going, coming to Austin as well. PSV will be having a team and, you know, the wilderness of Wyoming. Who knows what's going to happen in the next 24 hours? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see. I'm not a lawyer. I don't pretend to be one. But, um, you know, honestly, the biggest thing for me is uh, Precourt doesn't seem to want to be in Columbus. And he also doesn't want to sell his team or his franchise rights right. or however you want to phrase it. So the sooner this gets settled, not only are you giving Columbus a chance to get a USL team going or potentially another MLS team um, from a different owner, but you're also allowing San Antonio to regroup and start planning their MLS expansion bid and start talking MLS into like acknowledging the fact that both teams can exist and both teams can do well. Because I don't think there's going to be a lot of people driving from San Antonio to go to Austin or vice versa if San Antonio is the one with the MLS team. So um, I, I think the sooner that this all gets settled, the better, uh, especially since everything points to the crew leaving Columbus. And it has yeah. since October. Um, I, I don't want to take a dig at a fan base. And I know there's a million other things that can be thrown in here as complications, but like, have you seen the attendance for Columbus games or Columbus home games? There's attendance. I didn't think anybody was showing up. <laughs> it's brutal, man. Like I don't blame them though. I wouldn't go to the freaking games either. Like how why am I going to throw my money at PSV and and Matt Free Stadium and go out and support that team when they're gone? Like yeah. they're gone. No matter I, I, unless something drastic changes, they're gone. I don't want to support them or give them my money. They've been at the bottom of the league in attendance or near the bottom of the league in attendance for several years. And now when you're at the cusp of losing your team, you have all this momentum going into the season of save the crew tweets and save the crew just blowing up every single article about soccer on the internet. Um, and then when the season starts, nobody's there and it feels like none of it mattered. Um, and it was just like an off season distraction and yeah. Um, you know, maybe, maybe even if they had sellout games, it wouldn't matter, but it, it's not a good look and it doesn't do anything to, um, it doesn't do anything to in strengthen the argument that the crew should stay. So here we are, man. Didn't yeah. didn't Harry, why give money to pre-court? No, yeah. it's it's absolutely right, Harry. Why why would you give money to pre-court? I wouldn't give money to pre-court. I'd be out of that shit so fast you couldn't even find me. Yeah. I mean, sense. what? I'd cancel my season tickets if they let me since they don't, but you know. 
Yeah, but have you seen the mock kits with Yeti and Whole Foods as the sponsor? Because they're fucking sick. I'm going to be honest. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, I get it. It's tricky for Columbus, but... Harry says it's about MLS metrics, which they don't like Columbus, which, yeah, that's a part of it, too. Yeah. They want I... butts and seats. It's not happening there. Where's all that money going? All the money that Save the Crew is collecting? Let's drop uh, that little question there and we'll let it linger for a minute. <laughs> um, you got to buy the team somehow, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be fucking, that would be the best case scenario is if Columbus raised enough money to get a community-owned soccer team going, get it into USL eventually as a community-owned soccer team. That would be pretty awesome. What if um, it was like the Green Bay, the Gre- Green Bay Packers? Like everybody owns a piece. You're a season ticket holder. You own a piece of the team. I'd buy in. So so would I. <laughs> uh, Whitefire Fifty Two says things would only change if no one attends Austin MLS. Um, I don't want to speak for an entire city, especially one that I don't live in. I don't live in San Antonio. I don't live in Austin. I try not to speak for for any big groups, but. I think the grand majority of soccer fans in Austin don't care about Columbus and not because they're angry or, you know, bitter. They don't care because the majority of soccer fans in Austin don't care about MLS yet. Um, MLS is like the third most popular league in America. (laughs) And uh, until a team is there, it'll, we'll see how big the fan support is. I think they can support it. I think they will support it. And there's a lot of grassroots movement in Austin that, has done some really awesome things. Um, Harry, Harry says, says it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I know. I was going to say that, but damn it, Harry. I'm just joking. Um, Harry says it can't happen. Need to have a majority owner for USSF stand USSF standards. Um, yeah, the majority owner has to be worth X millions of dollars. I can't remember what it is, like 5 million or 10 million or something like that. Um, but that's just the majority owner. Doesn't mean that... Uh, that majority owner can't be part of the community, right? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Or in America, don't businesses count as people? So, like, if you started a corporation... Uh, that That's where I was going to head next, is couldn't you form some sort of, like, Columbus Crew Trust and, like, they're the majority owner, but everybody pays their share into it for their season we're tickets? Doing we're doing it, Texas Soccer Radio. We are solving... American soccer. Somebody call Ted. Where's Ted Westervelt? Get him in on this. (laughs) Um, Anyway, anything else about Austin or San Antonio that you want to talk to until we get to my favorite fucking story of the year? Nope. Nope. Let's let's carry on here. (laughs) Oh, my God. Las Vegas Lights FC. Um, My my team away from home. My home away from home. (laughs) Um, They are the first professional sports team in North America to have a partnership with a marijuana dispensary. It was announced this week. Um, Not only is there a partnership with a glorious commercial that you have to, you have to find it up and and watch it because it's part of it. Um, But there's also going to be a shuttle that runs from this dispensary to the stadium and back um, before and after games. And it's the largest dispensary in Las Vegas is what the commercial says. So um, what do you think about that on this uh, 420 released episode? 420 Eve, man. We got two hours and 15 minutes left before 420 Eve. Or 420 is here. (laughs) 
Uh, Harry did ask if we're moving to Vegas. Uh, I'm down. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> we can still do Texas uh, from Vegas. Right? Absolutely. I mean, we're doing a Vegas show from Texas right now. <laughs> it's so true. How do we end up talking about Vegas every week? Because they keep giving us podcast gold like literally like every week there's something new with this team to talk about um i am i think it's amazing that they're partnering with a dispensary i would rather have a bunch of people chilled out on smoking dope than you know drunk on beer every week so i'm 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 all for it that was the first thing i said to my wife was isn't a marijuana dispensary like the worst thing you could give a supporters group? Cause instead of like being rowdy and banging the drums and chanting at the top of their lungs, they're just going to be fucking like chill, man. We're good. But those concession scales will be gold, man. Oh my God. The nachos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want nachos now. Um, Yeah. It's jokes aside. I think it's great. It's a local business that is, doing something unique to that city, not unique to that city, but not that you see in every city right? Um, with a franchise that's trying to do things differently. So, um, you know, I, I'm all for it. Good for them. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to be okay with beer sponsors and selling beer at stadiums and everything else, like, are you really not going to be okay with the dispensary of marijuana? I, I tried to get confirmation on if it would be sold at the stadium. It didn't sound like Ooh. it because that's when they told me um, there'd be the shuttle. And Harry says, shocked that USL okayed it. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. And you may not know either. My understanding right now currently with the Vegas laws is that it's legal, you're allowed to smoke, but you still have to do it in the privacy of your own home. You can't do it on the streets. Oh, so, I mean, yeah, it may not be smoke bombs going off at the games, because I'm sure people are going to do it anyways, and the cops probably aren't going to care all that much, because it's legal now. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all <laughs> that they allowed it. It's Did good money. Smoke bombs. Oh yeah. my god, that's... dude! That's they don't need to set off smoke bombs anymore. It's the whole <laughs> crowd. It's just going to be a haze over that field the entire time. Like how how are how are away teams going to pass drug tests because they're they're going to get contact high sitting there at that field? So a couple things. Um, one with Harry's thing about USL being okay with it or not, we're not sure that they are, but we're also not sure what power they have to not be okay with it. Um, I think the only spot, and this is not confirmed, I'm not confirming it by any means, but my understanding is as long as there's not a conflicting sponsor, teams can do it. So, um, you know, as long as USL doesn't come with a league-wide marijuana sponsor, um, I think Vegas is good from that standards. And as far as drug tests go, which is the other part of this, USL doesn't have drug tests. So uh, really, wanna, they don't have a union. Like oh, shit. individual teams can drug test if they want, I assume, like as a, as any employer could, as long as they're following state law. Um, but other than that, I don't think USL has any drug tests. Um, I don't know about USSF if, you know, there's any national team implications or, you know, for people who play for other countries, I don't know how they work. But for USL, there's no union. Um so as long as your team doesn't drug test, you should be good, right? Man, 
there's gonna be a lot of edible eaten in those those stands. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and on the dry. bench, like those guys are gonna be eating power bars in between that are, aren't exactly power bars. God. I'm dying, man. I'm so excited <laughs> for Las Vegas. I love everything that that team has done. I want them to stay the fuck away from MLS so that they can just keep doing them, keep doing whatever they want to do. And it's been good. Yeah, Maybe not so much on the field, but who cares about that? Right? Oh, man, they're not doing. I mean, they're not doing half bad on the field. They're they're doing all right for themselves. Like, they're doing all right. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that's yeah. I'm all for this. Like. Keep it coming, Vegas. Keep giving us stuff to talk about that we like. <sighs> Man, I I also really like the Las Vegas Golden Knights, like the hockey team. I, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be like a Vegas homer. I've never lived in Nevada and don't really plan to, but... Um, that team, that city, man. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the Raiders get there, get NFL there. Oh, it's going to be crazy. It's so, going to be so crazy. Kind of related to that Vegas sponsorship deal. Um, Sock Takes put out an article. I'm not going to go too deep in it because you should go check it out on their website. But it's basically an article talking about how soccer is still not a profitable venture for most owners. And for something like this, where it's a local business willing to partner with you and willing to have that sponsorship, that's huge. And he doesn't, I don't think he mentions this specifically in the article, but stuff like this, like, yeah, it's funny. Like it's a marijuana artist run for air, but like at the end of the day, it's a business that's willing to support your team. And as an ownership, you kind of have to take those where you get them in a lot of cases. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's all, it's, it's good money. Like there's a lot of money to be made in the, the, the pot market right now. Like this, it's it's probably a good place for them to go, honestly, money wise. Yeah. Uh, but that sock takes article is it's a it's a long one. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it. I'm I'm proud to say that that we are now past the median ownership age for for teams because he he mentioned that the median median length of ownership is two years. So we yeah. are past that now. Um, there was only like eight teams in the USL that have had owners that have stuck around for longer than four years. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're right on the cusp of that right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think people underestimate how profitable soccer is still like, even with sellout stadiums, even with sponsorship deals, like it's still not a ton of money. Like, yeah. No one is running to the bank laughing in this whole venture. <laughs> Except maybe, you know, MLS with the $150 million expansion, $200 million right. expansion fee. But um, other than other than expansion fees, even for MLS, there's not a ton of money being made. But at USL, you're talking a minimum salary, I think, that's lower than 50,000 because I think MLS's minimum salary was 50,000 a year. Right. um, If I'm not mistaken, which I probably should have checked that before I just put it out on the internet for everyone to hear, but here's some recklessness. Um, (laughs) So you're, you're talking about guys that, um, you know, they're, they're making like a normal wage. Like so many people see athletes and they think millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And for, USL athletes, that's not the case. For ownership groups, if they're making a profit, it's not much. Most of them are operating at a loss and using it as kind of a second venture. 
Um, I think San Antonio is really lucky and Austin's really lucky too with their USL group that um, for both of them, there are other interests involved in, in the ownership group. So they're not relying on the soccer team to stay afloat, to keep everything float. So, yeah, I mean, would we, would we be in the position we're in right now if we didn't have the Spurs backing us? Would USL Austin be in the position they're in right now if they didn't have a hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars tied up into a racetrack and a amphitheater that sells out concerts all the time, you know, tied to it as well? I don't think they would. Like, Yeah. It's it's a rough place to own a team in, in lower division soccer right now. Yeah, I... I know so many people are like not really thrilled to be sort of a quote unquote minor league team of the Spurs or, um, you know, for the Austin team to be at Cirque of the Americas and everything else. But at the end of the day, like that's what you have to do to survive in yeah. this league. And, um, you know, hopefully we're getting to a place where soccer can be sustainable. But one of the things I can't remember if it was in the article or a tweet that was put out from sock takes, but, one of the things they mentioned was like, right now we're burning through millionaires and billionaires like crazy to fund these teams. They get in and then they get out. We're going to run out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> like, We might be in the golden age of lower division soccer right now and see that contract to something more manageable. But there's, um, I don't know. Like I said yeah. before, it's a rough time to own a lower division team. I think we're okay because of the Spurs and I yeah. don't think that's going to change anytime soon. They've got the money to hold out and keep things running. I don't know if we're profitable or not as a team, if we're in that limited few, but I don't know. It's rough. I can't imagine. Rough time out there. I can't imagine SAFC is self-sustaining with the Academy and with uh, you know, the travel that's involved and the roster that they put out. Like that's, that's tough. But yeah. So now that we've discussed how hard it is to own a team in lower division soccer, let's talk about USL expansion. <laughs> um, Memphis was already announced as a market that was coming into the league. So that's no surprise. But um, the USL Memphis group purchased Memphis City FC, who will join the PDL in 2018 um, before joining USL in 2019. So, um, God, please come up with a new name before 2019. I'm not calling you Memphis City FC. Memphis, get on it. Do better. <laughs> well, you answered my question right there off the bat. They are they're turning into that team, correct? They're not going to field a team at the PDL level and then field a team at the USL level at the same time? They could be, but my understanding is that they bought that team to take it to USL as opposed to... Um, you know, running two teams at the same time. Not to say that they couldn't start another team and put it in PDL, but uh, I can't imagine you'd do that right off the bat. But, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Well, I mean, good for them for getting a head start here then. They're going to get an extended look at local talent at the PDL level, so hopefully they can, you know, be in a better position when 2019 rolls around for USL soccer. Yeah, and Harry on uh, Periscope says SAFC is probably losing money in his opinion, and I agree, but I don't think it's as bad as some other places across the country because they don't own the stadium. They rent it, um, but they don't own the stadium, and you know they have the Spurs 
back in. That doesn't make sense. Uh, they, SAFC does pretty good with attendance and merch and everything else. So, well, yeah. Soccer Factory does merch. Do they get a cut of that? Oh, know. I'm assuming so because they've got to be licensing rights to Soccer Factory yeah. to be the official merch provider of the team. So, yeah, they've there's got to be some sort of transfer of money there between the two. I'm sure Soccer Factory, you know, gets costs covered plus a little bit because they've got to send people out to sell the merch at the games and then right. SAFC gets a cut off the top as well. Yeah. Huh. A lot of mystery. We'll see. Honestly, I had that Memphis article pulled up and then I closed it because I wanted to see what the score of the Spurs game was. 52-46 at halftime. So we'll see what happens there. But that's it for us tonight, right, Larry? Anything else you want to talk about? That is it. Sweet. 420. <laughs> <laughs> Game this uh, Sunday against Fresno, 8 o'clock. Watch it on uh, ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I meant to say at the top of the show that uh, uh, you said it, right? About the 30-day free trial. Yep. Last day to get your 30-day free trial in a ESPN Plus as well. So make sure you go sign up tonight. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay your $5 to watch the game this weekend. And by tonight, he means like if you're watching on Periscope right now, go do it. If yeah. you're listening to the podcast, it's already too late. So sorry. It's probably it's probably in an hour because it's probably midnight Eastern. So because all the ESPN offices are up in Connecticut. So yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for listening. Um, thank you to Roughneck Scarves for sponsoring this podcast or supporting this podcast. Uh, Beautiful Game Network for uh, supporting this podcast. Man, I need to get my terminology right. We work with Beautiful Game Network, BGN, and um, Roughneck Scarves is part of that. And really, really appreciate it. So please... Go check them out um, and give them your business if you haven't already. They have some freaking sick uh, national team scarves. I really like some of the U.S. ones. Um, high quality stuff, too. So please go check them out. Um, and uh, thank you so much for listening. Man, I botched this ending. I'm going to be honest. That was, a, that was a bad one. So we'll see you next week, 9 p.m. Thursday night on Periscope. Until then, have a good one.